Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's interesting because fatherhood it is a journey, but it's also it's a journey to it and it's a journey in it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think with, it, with everything in life, like even like, let's just go to the bare elementaries. If you have a test or an exam, you wouldn't just revise on the day of the exam. You'll prepare yourself for when the exam comes so that when you're in the exam, you can you can go back on what you've learned and then you'll do well in the exam. I think it's the same thing with, with many things. It could be marriage, it could be fatherhood, it could be a job, it could be anything that you, you're, any season that you're walking into. I think it's always good practice to prepare yourself for what you're going into. Um, if you're going to drive, if you're going to go for a driving test, you'll learn how to parallel park. You'll learn how to how to change gears. You'll learn how to all the all the pitfalls in in driving, so that when you have your test, you won't fail. And I think it's the same thing with fatherhood. I think for me, for many people, definitely for me, up to a certain point. You're listening to Journey to Fatherhood, a podcast that inspires and equips men to becoming more intentional and feeling more supported on the journey to fatherhood. Why wait to become a father before learning how to be a good one? My name is Chinidim Wanaya, a young man also on his journey with a desire to help men become great fathers despite their past personal experiences. I'll be sitting with different guests to bring you great value, sharing their knowledge and their experiences as we all embark on this amazing journey. This podcast, though targeted towards men, ladies, you will also gain great value from the conversations. Now, without further ado, let the journey begin. This episode is brought to you by DadApp. DadApp is a social network platform for dads which helps you find, connect and meet with like-minded dads nearby. It's available now on App Store and Google Play. Because let's be honest, fatherhood like motherhood is challenging. Dads need a safe space too. And whilst you're at it, be sure to check out the recent release of their self-help guide, which is called Goldmind, available on Gumroad. That's Gold Mind, available on Gumroad, which focuses on self-awareness, focus and systems thinking. Focused on fatherhood, this guide helps dads get where they want to go, both physically and mentally. And be sure to check out their social media handles, Instagram at DadApp, Twitter at DadApp and Facebook DadApp Official. Enjoy the episode. Without further ado, today welcome to the show. And how you doing? I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just so you guys know, we had a bit of internet issue, but you know, we sorted that out now. Oh yeah, my internet is crap, but I, I drove to my fiance's house and we have good internet now, so we're good to go. Absolutely. Today, I think one of the things I really kind of wanted to know because, um, so to give a bit of context, how Peter and I met, we. Interviews, like I said, through a mutual friend on a platform. I think, yeah, the platform's that the WhatsApp group is actually called Wild at Heart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, Wild at Heart. And for many of you that don't know, Wild at Heart is a book that um, centers around the upbringing of men, the perspective of men in the, as Christians and just men in general to growth. And for me, it's been, I think, Toby's the mutual friend that we have. Mm. I've read that book once, this is my second time reading it. And every Sunday we meet up and we catch up. And one of the, I actually wanted to ask you, because I think we have our session this Sunday. We have mm. session, another session this Sunday. 
And one of the things I've been really thinking about is your journey to fatherhood. I think a lot of listeners or viewers have now become so accustomed to it being, okay, these are fathers. Okay, I'm not a father yet. I don't need to listen to the podcast about journey to fatherhood. But my thing, what really helped me change my focus was that I started thinking about how important it is because it's called journey to fatherhood. So mm. as we're getting that step, it's not journey during fatherhood. Yeah. So journey towards fatherhood. And I kind of wanted to know, for example, yourself, how that, what, what, what's your perspective on that, that the importance of understanding more about the journey towards fatherhood? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's interesting because fatherhood it is a journey, but it's, also, it's a journey to it and it's a journey in it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think with, it, with everything in life, like even like let's just go to the bare elementary. So if you have a test or an exam, you wouldn't just revise on the day of the exam. You'll prepare yourself for when the exam comes, so that when you're in the exam, you can you can go back on what you've learned, and then you'll do well in the exam. I think it's the same thing with, with many things. It could be marriage, it could be fatherhood, it could be a job, it could be anything that you, you're any season that you're walking into. I think it's always good practice to prepare yourself for what you're going into. Um, if you're going to drive, if you're going to go for a driving test, you'll learn how to parallel park. You'll learn how to how to change gears. You'll learn how to all the all the pitfalls in in driving, so that when you have your test, you won't fail. And I think it's the same thing with fatherhood. I think for me, for many people, definitely for me, up to a certain point, fatherhood was just something that will just just happen. It just mm-hmm. it just kind of happens and. When it and when it does happen, you know, you just I guess you just do a learn learn as you go sort of thing. And then actually, it was a couple of years ago I listened to um, a man of God preach about um, marriage, and he preached about fatherhood as well and motherhood. And and he was using the analogy of um, if you want to to drive a car, you'll you'll learn before you you have your test. It's the same thing. What, what makes you think that you can just be a father? I mean, to a degree, you can by default. Everyone is a father. But what makes you think you'll be a good father or a father that gets the best out of their children if you don't actually learn how to do it? If you actually don't learn the mechanics of fatherhood, it's actually a book you can actually learn. And that's why we're reading that book, which will just help us learn some things when we get to that stage. Absolutely. I think the analogy you used with the car, like, it just made me realise it's taking me too long to learn how to drive. <laughs> you can't drive yet? Listen, don't say it like that. <laughs> That's why you're gonna bring it out like that. You can't drive it. No, <laughs> I, I'm still in the process. I think it's just been, to be honest, I'll use the excuse of the pandemic lockdown. You know, uh, that's a good excuse though. It, it's, a, it's a reasonable excuse. I'm standing by that, but I'm trying to do my this theory. I did my theory the first time, and mm. I missed. I said I told my instructor that I, I failed about a few marks. It was like mm. if you failed it really badly, if you needed a few marks just to pass. It's, been, it's, it's an interesting analogy you use there because I think my thing, let's say using the analogy of a car, a car gets from A to B. That's, mm. For me, that was always the idea of it. You know, I never really took it seriously until I started getting older and there were trips I wanted to make, I didn't make the bus. And then bringing it back to the fact that I had to go through the learning process, I couldn't just get in the car because that was just an action. Mm. And for me, it's nice that you use that analogy because it's like, <laughs> For you to be a father, you need to prepare yourself for else when you put in that role, you'll have destruction. Yeah, yeah. And not just harm to yourself, but harm to the passengers and yeah. people in the nearby, standby, and people in standby. But yeah. 
that, that, that then brings up the question then, what do you do when you actually, what, what, how do I phrase it now? Because we talk about this a lot in the group and we talk about, of course, this procedure, expected procedure is you know, young man, teenager, find someone you love, get married and then have kids. Mm. Bringing it back to, let's say, because right now you're engaged with fiance. Mm. How has that journey been? Because you've necessarily taken that, you're about to take the next step now. And then after that, God willing, when you guys are ready, you have kids and then you become a father. How has that journey been for you? It's been an interesting journey. Um, I mean, you know, you're not going to learn everything. You're not going to know everything you need to know about everything for, or for, um, like a marriage or anything. You you do learn on the spot as well. Yeah. But me, I, I always I always feel like as Christians, thing I always take things back to our relationship with God. So marriage is um, it, it's meant to exemplify the relationship that God that God has Jesus has with the church. Yeah. In the same way, fatherhood as well, parents and even motherhood, we look at we have a heavenly father in which we can model how we live on earth. That's why we pray as on as on earth, so it be on heaven. Mm -hmm. So heaven has always been the blueprint of how we're meant to live on earth, even with our relations with people as well. How how did Jesus treat his enemies? How did Jesus treat his friends? How did Jesus treat his family? So I, I always go back to the, just the gospels, the life of Jesus. How was Jesus? Um, how did he treat people? Um, in terms of my, what, what was the initial question? Sorry. So how has that journey been for you in terms of from that transition from a boy to now engaged and get ready for the next stage? Uh, I mean, for a lot of it, it's just been. If I'm being honest, it's just been living each day as it goes. So I'm not going to say it's been one where I, I kind of go extremely or like I'm, I'm always in a deep sort of place. I, I'm just enjoying life, living life. Um, and I have mentors who guide me. Um, in, in terms of my relationship with my, my fiance, we, we were friends first. So um, it, it made things a lot easier for us. Um, and I think in, in relationships, in any, in any form of relationship, whether it's parent, child or um, two adults, um, is always the more you're known, the deeper the relationship can be. So the more they, the more they, so the more they know about your, your weaknesses, your strengths, your flaws, things that you're afraid of, um, things that you're good at, things that you're not good at, the more they just know you as a person, your insecurities and everything the easier it is for that relationship to thrive. Mm -hmm. So, and I think it's the same, to a degree it's the same with, with um, a parent-child relationship as well. I mean, transparency in a home is a good thing. Um, it's something that's not always shown. As, as men, we're, we're taught, we're just, it's just in our heads, we just have to be strong. We can't show weakness and just knuckle grip it in life, just keep it, keep it moving really. Uh, I think this is what causes a lot of like mental health problems, but, um definitely open open sea transparency and humility if you just be humble in life and just know that you're not you're not perfect but you're on a journey and you're intentional about being better then you will live with what the results are i mean my goal is to be the best dad the best husband i can be um but i mean there may be someone that's better than me out there so so be it but I'm, I'm, all i know is that when i get to heaven god will say well done you, you with the talent that you had 
you did this and you, you did you worked you wasn't lazy with what god gave i wasn't lazy with what god gave me i did everything that i could and that looks like reading that looks like studying that looks like praying that looks like um finding people who are good at things and, and learning from them i think there was a quote that i um heard a few years ago and it goes if you want to be a millionaire surround yourself around a millionaires or at least people with a millionaire mindset if you want to be good at dancing get around people who can dance if you want to be good at if you want to be a confident speaker surround yourself around people who will challenge you to speak and then you'll just realize that by by default you're growing into kind of what you want to be in kind of what you want to be so for me it's just been a case of finding surrounding myself around people who are parents who are good parents who are who can be a christian role model to me emulate my life as, as paul said emulate me as i emulate christ um so yeah i think for me again it comes back to something you highlighted because it keeps coming up from all our kids that we've had in the show the issue of vulnerability and mm. uh transparency with guys and it's a constant battle because obviously society it's almost like all your life society is telling you be strong, be strong, go for the weakness. And then at the later stages of your life, you're saying, oh, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. You know? Yeah. yeah so it's a constant conflict. And it's one of those things where, how are you able to tackle that? Did you experience that conflict? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a weird one because both statements in itself are true. Like the Bible at one point in Joshua said, be strong in the Lord, man of God. Yeah. But then, on the other side, we are meant to cast our burdens to him. So it's like, how, how do you navigate as a man? How do I be a, a man that's strong in the Lord or even a woman that's strong in the Lord that's, that's able to rely on God's promises and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But then at the same time, just simply un, um, share when you're feeling weak. I think the answer is just being honest. I mean, God knows. I mean, he knows our thoughts anyway. Jesus will just be on the street and be like, oh yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. You guys are thinking that I'm this. So there's no point even trying to pretend. Yeah. Like if you are weak, just say it. And, but at the same time, I don't think, I think like anxiety and all these things have become a buzzword in which we just say, okay, you're, you're just this and just, just, you're just going to be this. You're just going to be down. You're just going to be sad. No, I think there is a place where we can draw strength from the Lord, especially as men who are going to lead a home and whatever leadership looks like in a home, men have a mandate to lead a home, whatever that looks like. And um, the, sh the best business leaders are are strong. They have weak moments, but they, they know how to get up again. They know how to, to keep fighting. Paul fought a good fight, so he was a man that was strong in the Lord. So, but at the same time, he said, he, he was a man that fought a good fight, but then he was also a man who, was, who said, I want to go to heaven anyway. Uh, to, for me to die is gain. Yeah. So, he, he's someone who had no problem in just dying and going to heaven, but he also was strong in the Lord. So I think it's something that we can we can definitely learn. And I think, honest, again, honesty and humility is, is key. Well, I like the way you kind of merge those two together, because that's what I was going to lead on to next. But before I even go on to um, draw fatherhood a bit more, for, as I said at the beginning, many people that are listening to this podcast and have gotten back to me, of course, are not married yet or not even fathers yet so if you don't mind us going a bit further into it i'd like to explore a bit in terms of your fiance, your relationship with because you said you started friendship and you stayed friends and then you started taking them seriously 
I'll be honest, this is something that keeps on coming back to me, um, individuals reach out, and it's that struggle with, okay, the one, how do you find the one, the concept of the one, how do you keep the one, how do you work towards becoming ready for the one, and people are worried that, well, if I speak to this, if I get married, if I work towards marrying this person, maybe I'll then find the one, and I made a mistake, like, back and forth, and that's the insecurity in many guys, so how, just talk me through how you've been able to navigate that, and what was your experience with the ones that you don't mind? I think with the issue of the ones that I used to think that, and that's something that I had to repent of, that the mindset that says, um, God is going to bring me the one. Hmm. I don't think that works. I mean, I think, I'd, I also don't think that we can box God. So I think that it can happen. And it probably has happened in specific scenarios where two people were handpicked by God for a specific reason. So I'm not going to go onto any extreme. I'm somewhere in the middle. Having said that, I'm, I'm definitely not on the side that says, like, just wait for the one. It's not the case. I think there is a, there is a God. God gives us free will to to choose how we want to do, how we want to live. Um, I'm just going to use an example because I think everything is linked to purpose. Um, like who you marry after your decision to follow Christ is the most important decision you will make. Because it literally goes all the way into eternity, basically. So who you marry is of the utmost importance. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a clear purpose, then that's going to be a problem. If you have a clear purpose, then who you marry is is of more importance. Uh, I'm thinking of when Jesus was um, commissioning the um, disciples, and he's like, "Go out, cast, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, just release the kingdom everywhere you go. Freely as you receive, freely you give." And I listened to a sermon um, and the pastor was talking about how many times people were like, oh God, I mean, he's like, oh, um, yeah, even God, I, I don't know if I should take this job. Um, I don't know if I should take that job. Like, I don't know what God's calling is for me. And then he, the pastor would always ask him, he's like, yeah, but what do you want to do? He's like, well, I think I want to go into medicine. I said, like, like, okay, go into medicine and I release the kingdom. He said, but yeah, but I don't know if I should be this doctor or if I should be that. So he's like, okay, what do you want to do? You know, I, I think I want to do, okay, well then do this now release the kingdom everywhere you go and i think the key thing is that sometimes we get so tied down onto the specifics of what we should do or who we should marry that we forget that we have free choice in this but ultimately the commission is still the same for every every believer the commission is always to to release the kingdom of god on earth you you'll be able to decide who who will be best to partner you in that and there is more than one person that can help you with that um which is why i say don't for people don't be too tied down on just one specific person because there can be many types of people that can that could fit the bill for you it's about knowing what your purpose is especially as men what what our purpose is as men what do we want to do okay so i want to build an orphanage in nigeria my village i want to do this thing in africa and i'm, I'm we're going to be evangelists in africa okay then you probably shouldn't get with someone who wants to stay in london for their whole life you probably shouldn't, unless you can perhaps work away, but you probably shouldn't just because, although she could be a good candidate, that's going to be an instant problem to kind of what you want to do in life. So I think there's many things that go into it. And with my partner, I mean, we were friends in it. So we we were very similar in thinking with many different things. So it was, it was an obvious thing that yeah, she, would, she would be fine. Obviously, I liked her and, and all that sort of stuff as well, which plays a big part. But for me, it's about... I mean, 
before God gave Adam a wife, he gave him a purpose. So if you have a purpose first, then just choose who will best pick, who will best be your co-partner in this mission God has for you. And I think that now I really kind of, because of course these things, you didn't just learn it straight away. It must have been from maybe advice that people gave you and all of those things. Now that begs the question, let's let's explore a bit more. What was your relationship like with your father very much? Uh, it was good. Um, definitely, definitely will honour him on online. He, he, he was definitely very good. He taught me... Um, he taught me to a degree how to be a man from the standpoint of, I mean, he, he was, he is rather a Christian. He does believe in Jesus, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's, he's the most passionate Christian that there is. So in terms of my walk with God, I wouldn't necessarily say he helped me in that. That, that was definitely more from my mum. My mum was the one that forced me to go to, yeah, at the time forced me to go to church, um, taught me how to pray. And then my oldest brother was the one that really taught me how to like be a disciple and a follower of Christ. But in terms of like me and my dad, he, he definitely taught me, I mean, just by default, I think just by default, you in most homes, you'll kind of get an idea of what the man's function is in the home. And it even goes to the small, small things like just, just small things like even like if we're all going out as a family, my dad will be in the driver's seat. Is is a small um, small example, but it's just painting the picture of okay. He's the one that's the one that's driving the car. He's the one that's leading us to go to this place, and and in more bigger things as well. Like okay, we're going to move house now. Or we're going to do this here. Generally, my dad was the one that was kind of the one that was orchestrating that. Um, he's a very patient person, so he taught me how to be patient with women. Um, so I mean, yeah, we, we have we have a good relationship. We had a good relationship, um, but they'll definitely, in terms of my walk with the Lord, things that I learned from other other men of God. Okay. So in essence, then, if you had to find, if you had to kind of give an order to mission, what would the term fatherhood mean? In terms of an order, um, if you had to put it, explain in your definition, what would fatherhood mean? Uh, well, fatherhood is, is the state of being the father. So it's it's just you have dependents, people who look up to you for or depend on you for something. Um, so because it's not we have biological fathers, when we have spiritual fathers, we have just other types of fathers. Even like a, a big mentor can be seen as like a father figure to you. Um, so. It's, it's someone that you depend on for the basis. So if you look at like our earthly biological fathers, um, so in, in terms of that, fatherhood is is training, encouraging, and raising up your child to become almost like a, like you, basically, um, to a degree or, or better. I think the, the goal of parenting, I guess, is for every generation to do better than the previous generation. So you would... Um, you would discipline, you would encourage, you would teach, you would guide, you will um, do all the things that you can to, you'll provide, you'll protect, um, to ensure that they live and they grow in a healthy sort of environment. So is it safe to say that, for example, with your, as you said briefly, in the, 
you kind of highlight as that one thing or major thing that you want in the is making decisions as being the leader in the family. Is that, is yeah. that correct? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So in terms of that, because the thing is, I think it's so important. I think the, the foundation is the relationship you have with Christ, his father, as well your father. And we've had to help you develop as a man, as well as the input from your father and the older brothers and allies. So what would be your advice to guys that, because let's be honest, there's some guys that have it as well. Yeah. Uh, no, no sort of support. What, what would be your advice to them? Are still climbing up. So are you talking about who don't, who? Because I think it depends. Maybe. Okay. Um, I'll say for for people who don't have, as in like literally, single parent households, and they just live with their mother or the grandma, or they don't they don't live, they didn't grow up with their dad. Because um, I've never been in that situation. I'm not the best equipped to to tell them because I can't, I haven't felt what they felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I would say is that God does surround you with, he will surround you with people who will do that job. Um, and Lancer, like, so for me, for example, I have my, my sister, she has a son and the father's not really around too much. Mm. Um, and I've stepped up into that role to to be that figure. Um, and the bond that I have with my nephew is like a son, and he sees me like a father. Now, although the, although the, um, I'm not biologically his father, I'm still playing that role in his life. So it could be through your, your church pastor, it could be through your uncle, it could be through a, 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 um, one of your friend's um, dad's who is just like a dad to you as well. Like those sort of relationships, God can put you in those sort of scenarios so that you can you can get those those things that you otherwise wouldn't have had. Yeah. Um, ultimately, the I would say um, is I'm throwing a big cliche, but I, I genuinely do believe the statement that I'm going to say that God the Father is right there with you, and He, although we may not see Him with our um, physical earthly eyes and can't perceive him um he is right there and um he 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 is he he's in you and he's for you and he wants to speak to you and he wants to he's 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 so focused on making sure that you become the best you can be so i'll I'll just say just focus on that relationship with god as well um like you you can um still receive a lot of things through god the father um, and he and God, he'll provide people as well. I mean, he'll he'll provide earthly role models and and people around you um, who can help you as well. So I'm also a youth pastor as well. So I do have, I do know people who are in those sort of situations, and I'm always trying to make sure that I'm doing even. I'm, like, I'm not living in a house with them, but at least I can encourage them on Sunday. I can, I can hear their pains or things that they're troubled with. I can pray for them. I can. Like almost be like a father figure to them as well, and a lot of them do look look up to me. So I would say just try and get plugged into community. I mean, God, God will, God does move through communities a lot, and like family is a community. And if your current family is not the best community, or if there is no family, then you can find a good church where you can get plugged into, um, and it'll be you will have a lot of the benefits that you would have had in your family. Yeah.
biological family. Right, yeah. So would you, okay, because we now have, because of course, right now you're not a father, but I still feel any people can actually, from their experience, be able to give advice to people that are not in the same boat as yet. What would be your advice to existing fathers right now, if you had to kind of feel that in terms of helping their kids get to um, start or begin their journey to real fathers? So what would I say to existing fathers? Existing fathers, yeah. Um, okay, so I, I would say, I would say, I'm going to say something and I'm going to expand on it. So I would say be there for your child. Now, what I mean by that is, if you're, if you're in the home yeah. with your child, your father, you're in the home with your child, really be there. So don't, um, some quality time is, is such an important thing and it's possible to be present with a lot of people but still feel lonely just because you're not really engaging with the person. So if you're in a home and you're just watching Nollywood or if you're in a home and you're just on your phone or just on your laptop yeah. and your child is, is playing video games or doing something else that's not really there i mean yes there's to a degree you're, you're there i mean it's better than being out all night but maybe i would say speak to your child more maybe do more things even if you have to because i know as men we can be extremely busy with, with the worries of life so because we have the pressure to provide to a degree and when you have that pressure to pay the bills and you have this job or you have this thing to do Sometimes it can eat into your time with your children. Mm. And I think if you're going to spend time with your children, make sure it's, it's good quality time. I think it's better to spend, in my opinion anyway, people may disagree. I think it's better to spend two hours of good quality time than to spend a whole day and you, you haven't said one word. That's just my, my viewpoint. So I think if you're going to be there, um, really speak to your child, like speak to him, find out what, what is going on in his life. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's something that I probably I probably didn't have much, um, which is probably why at times I'm a bit quiet and reserved and not, not willing to speak much because it's not a thing. So I, I lived with um, my pastor after I finished my undergraduate, I did an internship at his church and I lived in his home. And I was surprised that every, every dinner time they have dinner and they talk. And he's like, oh, hello, son. I like, well, maybe not that in that language, but they're like, how was your day today? Or what did you do in school? Oh, this thing happened. Oh no, you can do better. Oh, how was football practice? Oh, hi Evie, how 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 are you? Oh, how how was dance ballet? Like they actually, they're talking and and they built a, an environment where they're free to express themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think in that context, um, once you've developed that sort of relationship, it's easier to to discipline because if you don't speak to your child, but then you, or rather, if the only time you speak to your child is to discipline them. Like, that's not good. If the only time is when the teacher says I had detention or something happened and then now you want to come and shout at me or I didn't watch the plays and you'll say, Benga, calm down. Like, that's that's not good. That's not good, man. Like, it's, if we have to have to be on all, on all playing fields. So if you're going to discipline your child, which the Bible says we must discipline our children, you also have to develop a relationship to whereby if you're disciplining them, they, they can fully comprehend that you still love them. If all you're doing is just being a child or just disciplining them or telling them off, telling them where they went wrong and you haven't even gone to the park to play football or done anything or 
gone to their football trials or done anything or whatever the case may be, then that's a problem. So one big thing I'll say for fathers is we have to invest quality time with, with our children. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think for me, as I do this podcast, everything is the end. As we roll out these episodes every week, and I have this conversation with my guests, and it gives me time to really start figuring out exactly what is important to me. And I've always known that time, I'm, I'm, I'm experienced over money or anything like that. Those are my things that I value highly, and it's always interesting that I see that really resonate with a lot of the guests that we have here. It's so important the quality time. And I think I can relate with one of my mentees, a few of my mentees right now. They don't like I could buy them things, I could give them things, but when we come together and we just talk with guys and this what's going on, it's those little moments and it's not they don't need to say it, but you can feel that it makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah sure. It's, it's it's so important, especially like Unfortunately, it's, it's become so normal where people, so, a lot of fathers, unfortunately, feel that as long as I provide for you, what else do you want? And that kind of disconnect. Yeah. And yeah. it's that comparison of at least, okay, how many of you come? I, I always used to hear so many people say that their fathers would tell them, look at your friend, because their father stay in their house, and they felt friends together, and you should be grateful. And it shouldn't really be a thing where, okay, at least I have you in the house, that, that's more than enough. Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes like um, parents, they particularly African parents, from what I've noticed, like to look after your child is is a privilege. Mm. It's a mandate from God, and it should never be something that should be lauded over the children. So you should never say, "Oh, and you said, oh, I've done this, so so like you must do this." No, you. Parents should never ever say that. I mean, I think it almost it almost devalues the reason why I'm even in this world. Like, because I'm, I'm in this as children or as humans, we're in this world because I mean, before God, before God knew us, before we were even formed, anyway. So there's a purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's definitely not helpful when a parent uses the fact that they provide, they look after, they protect, and it means that they can just demand a certain thing i think through the context of a, of a healthy relationship honor flows well like the bible says honor your mother and your father the bible says um uh what's, what's the verse in ephesians about children honoring their father but then it says parents don't provoke your children mm-hmm. and i think oftentimes that second part of the verse is is missed out we focus on on the fact that as children we should honor our parents but there's actually a condition to that to, if you actually want to go into it the condition is that to, to a degree anyway okay. um, the, yeah I wouldn't necessarily condition because I think honor is something that is unconditional you should honor our parents because we're honorable but nonetheless the Bible does say don't provoke your children so it wouldn't say that for no reason and I think oftentimes parents can provoke children just by the fact that they may think because I do this because I've, I've done all this for you I can just demand a certain thing when really you know I'm a human being creating God's image and God created me and my identity is found in him and I'll honor you because honoring because you are my parents and it's what God has told me to do but at the same time children definitely are provoked at times to want to act out 
Um, and then I think the second thing I'll say, I think there's um, very practical things that I'll say to parents as well, but on, on the spiritual aspect as well, um, I think that can't be neglected too. And I think prayer is of the utmost importance. Um, thank God, my mum my every day still prays for me. And every morning actually. And um, I think prayer as Christians, as Christian men and women, praying for our children is important every day. I think we should pray for our children every single day. Um, because before things are accomplished on the earthly, things are established in the spirit realm. And we pray as it is on, on earth, as it is in heaven, so it be on earth. So we have a mandate to pray, to command the things of heaven to come on, on earth. So I think prayer is really key as well in that. Absolutely. I couldn't know I couldn't have seen any better than that. So it's so important to make sure as much as we have the practical steps, there's also the spiritual steps. So actually if there's anything still practical steps. And and yeah, honestly, it's been it's been very enlightening. And I think it's always great to hear from different perspectives because there's the danger of hearing it from an existing father that's stuck in the race and feel that this is how fatherhood should be. But I'm happy because your experience is also more, it's, it's more filled with multiple encounters with your youth pastor. So I'm sure you have various conversations with people. And just for our viewers and our listeners, if they wanted to get in touch with you, how would be the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, me? Oh, I'm, I'm not even on, um, I actually know what I'm saying. I'm on Instagram, um, but I don't use it. You know, to find you. Uh, yeah, I don't. I actually don't. I'm. I'm going at the season right now. I'm just um, slowly just peeling back from social media just because it's actually making me really unhappy with a lot of things that I'm seeing. Um, I guess my main thing would be Facebook. Um, so just my name, Jade Belamosi. Um, um, add it there if you want to. Well, thank you so much, Jade. I know we had a few issues with the internet, but you know this is why. Pray, the spiritual part is important. We've got to pray about it. Yeah, <laughs> trust me, man. Trust me. No, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I think every listener, if you guys want to hear more about these things, you definitely can touch and feedback. Yeah. yeah.